0: Good morning, planet Earth. It is I, Hacker Mike, the podcaster, recording at 4.13 in the morning on a clear sky in upstate red Pennsylvania, or pink, according to the map. The, uh, vote hasn't been tallied completely yet, but there was definitely quite the lead of 10 points or so in Pennsylvania so far. And, um, this election is too early to call, but, uh, If all those pink states turn red, then um, Trump is going to get re-elected. New Jersey is going to legalize marijuana. But the weed man did not get voted in. So that's the story right there. Well, we're not going to talk too much about the elections because it's already... uh, Not, um, it's not set in stone. We have quite the moon. I've got my uh, gloves with fingertips on them. I can use my phone. And I'm hoping that our fellow podcaster will join us today. clean feed. We'll see how that works. And I'm starting my one hour walk to the bunker <coughs> where I shall work there for two hours or so every morning on getting it ready for habitation. And um, the amazing thing about New York, the election map, well, we'll talk about election map a little bit, is that the whole state is red, except for a few points, but those few, few points, I mean, New York City decides everything. I think Albany is also blue, but the whole state up here is all red. But Virginia was blue, even though I thought it would be red. But obviously, if you're part of the capital, the theory of mine is that the capital cities are gonna be all basically blue or more socialist leaning because they're handing out money to the disenfranchised. gather around the capital cities for their welfare checks and state subsidies or state jobs so that the um, those kernels are always going to be uh, blue So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, a colleague at my work was saying that he's working on an idea to render um, Blender on demand using um, AWS, and he wants to make that open source, so that's pretty exciting. And uh, I'm kind of liking the idea of the uh, podcasting for, via um, Telegram as an easy way to do things. I know that we did do one episode like that on our channel where we were recording clips and talking. <clears throat> that could have been a whole episode. Maybe we can go back and capture that. Is that a dog or a rooster? Mm. Sounds like a rooster. yet to see Venus in the sky or maybe that's her (sighs) walking up this hill it's pretty tough They say that the the mail-in ballots will be counted after the in-person ballots, so that could take a while. So we're bound to see some more interesting things happen on this election. Of nice to have a purpose to my walk. I like my walks to go shopping. I knew I was going somewhere to do something. I've got my three jackets on again, and I am nice and toasty in here, let me tell you. do my diet yesterday, let me tell you that. We ate pizza. So I have to burn more calories, I think. But just being in the cold, really, seems to do that to you. what are we going to talk about? I don't even have a topic. I guess that's why this is called the Stream of Random Podcast. I posted yesterday on, well no, the other day, I posted um, some self-deprecating message on Podcast Index Social about how I'm in the worst podcast in the universe but still alive and kicking. And he said, you're the essence of what a podcast is doing it for the fun of it because you want to share something so that was um Dave that's pretty cool Dave thanks and um, oh I'm getting an actual iPod I asked um, a friend to get me an Apple device so I could be a member of the Apple family at least with my foot in the door and he picked me up an iPod for $30 so I'm looking forward to using that to subscribe to podcasts and listen to them on an, an actual iPod. <coughs> that should be a nice little bit of nostalgia. Um, I hope that we'll, I'll be able to use it without having a Macintosh to load things into. We'll see. But I already figured out how to get my free Apple ID. You just have to sign up. So... I guess I have to be nice to Apple now. So, so, so. So many things going on in my life right now. Yeah, so we're gonna talk a little bit about some computer stuff now. And I promise it won't go too deep into introspector crap. So you can start smashing your head on the wall and hanging up the, the phone. Throwing down your earbuds. Nah! That hammering, stop the hammering. (laughs) So it's really, um, we have all these different APIs for cloud services. And, um, Now we've discovered there is no absolute truth in things. There's no absolute truth in um, in our model of the world. There is no multi-cloud. Because every single cloud is its own API, represents its own model, and these models are not unified. The only um, common model would be the CPU, maybe the virtualization, different resources, so that would be a low-level model, and maybe that's the one we need to take for multi-cloud. And maybe this can help us solve all of these different questions of Docker, containerization, virtualization, is a low-level model. Maybe we just have to understand the algorithm that's running on a deeper level understand the resources that it uses basically profile that I'm thinking. And you know it's kind of funny. but what if you made a driver that would fake? Disk I.O. And it wouldn't actually write the blocks at disk, it would just count them. I mean, how many programs actually check that what they're writing is actually there? You know, like do checksums and stuff like that? I think that would be a pretty cool. Um, For databases a pretty cool thing for databases to say oh well we have a fake storage for your database if you want to profile your database well use this fake storage and um, it'll pretend to read and write a humongous database or a database of any size but it'll actually return random data. And maybe it has to do some kind of checksums. We'll have to see how much actually has to be stored in order to, uh, let's say, fake out Postgre's. like a kernel level implementation of a file system. And if we look at these different cloud models, so the reason why I'm saying this is I'm thinking, how do you understand the needs? That's the sound of fracking, kids. That's a big water truck carrying water to-and-fro some fracking site. Quite loud, huh? So... So if we model these different cloud APIs, then we understand that they're essentially creating dependencies. They're all about dependencies. And they're a w- way to inject dependencies into your application on... Um, Terms and models and ideas that are owned by whatever cloud provider you're using. I know that libcloud in SaltStack was pretty damn weak. And Terraform doesn't even pretend to be multi cloud. It's all specific. I guess if you used Kubernetes as your interface, you could mask some of these services. But I think we have developed some new tools for looking at this thing and understanding it better. Maybe we can see the cloud model as a model of domination. The more dependencies you inject into your app, the more you're dominated by that cloud provider until you reach a point that you can't do anything without them. Now, sure, there are some other people that might implement the same API. But, and then the same client library and all that stuff. really kind of getting into what what is it you're trying to do, and how much of your application is going to depend on this cloud, and how to reduce the dependencies on external APIs. And does that mean wrapping everything? Isolating yourself from all these different externalities? Hiding them away behind abstractions? But what abstractions are those? And who created them? let me see. we have abstractions like queuing and notifications logging we have all types of boot up configuration management things and um, Let's see, we have databases, we have storage systems, and you have events coming from all those. You've got cloud trail, event logging, you have access control, we have DNS, we have routing and networking, and CPUs. Those are all the different parts that we're using. I mean, we've got lambdas for executing um, functions in the cloud. We have DynamoDB for document uh, storage. Um, How we're going to abstract all of that. We've got Django, which gives you some model as well on top of the database, some ORM. And then you have some application logic sitting on top of all of that. top of all these different pieces, you've got little bits of logic tied in to different parts, little snippets of code being executed, doing different things. Sometimes on the message level, in the queue, different files, different databases, HTTP requests, all different types of stuff going on. Oh, there's no street lights here. (laughs) I gotta remember to bring a flashlight next time. No sidewalks and no street lights. That makes for safe walking at night, huh? (sighs) Luckily, we got full moons. that could be Venus on the horizon over there just coming up over the mountain to the east that is Venus there she is and then I guess I'll look for Mars on the other side I haven't seen Mars in a while supposedly he was visible on the um, full moon. (coughs) So we have all these different abstractions. And all of these are basically different services. Now the SQL is a special layer of its own. object-relational query mapping. So let's talk about that a little bit. So in Django you have a model (coughs) which is basically a table with a primary key. It's going back to the good old access database, dbase3. And um, (coughs) this model has uh, fields, and some of those fields can be relationships to other models, one-to-many, many-to-many, and it'll generate the tables for you, so you basically can program in Python. Basically, program in Python and then um, use that ORM to generate uh, queries for you you can see like get me the first object or find some object you can also create all types of complicated stuff and it handles like bindings and Fields and all types of field mappings. There's another tool called SQL Alchemy, which is even more powerful. And more people have moved moving to Flask plus SQL Alchemy as a lighter weight stack than Django. But this again gets into the whole model issue and conventions. How are these guys beeping for this car's just flying down the road now this airport looks kind of neat. Got like a beacon flashing. Spinning in a circle. So this is kind of where we're getting into have different approaches to doing the same thing, but they're slightly different. So you have SQL Alchemy, you have the Django ORM, and you have all these other ORMs. And in the end, they're not really compatible with each other. They're just different dependencies, different compromises that you buy into. funny because those are just more things that you have to isolate yourself from or embrace them. And it really gets down to the question of what is it exactly you're trying to do? You know, how low level are you trying to go? And, um, I always thought, and I always maintained up to, up to recently, just, you know, my revelations on on this whole art thing, that there was some model, some common model that could be found. And we could definitely construct equivalencies between these things. We could create either a database. So most of these systems will either generate a database or work with an existing database. And there's also certain database models you can't represent with these systems. Django expects you to have Certain key structures, and this will take us down to the Postgres or the you know the database model, and, and they also support different databases. And we haven't even gotten into graph databases and NoSQL. So we have a lot of broken pieces here that don't quite fit together. Fragmented models. High beams double high beams big pick-em-up truck they love their pick-em-up trucks out here let me tell you. if you ain't got a pick-em-up truck you ain't nobody so kind of gets into where we were talking about notation and um, objects or things attributes and modeling now the semantic object semantic web object web language OWL lets you define all types of fields, and these fields generally map onto database fields, and objects generally map onto tables. So in theory, that would be one notation you could use to describe all types of objects and relationships between them. And then we could try and create a mapping between two and forth, back and forth between let's say sql models and that model they've also got like diagramming tools like visualize and edit your databases you've got also query queries and uh, database partitions complicated JSON tables object-oriented databases like Postgres can go absolutely crazy in terms of complexity on the database level it's an object relationship embedded programming languages so you can just go hog wild in Postgres as well you have so many different ways to represent your application logic but again a database is pretty damn expensive and now you've got the um, something like Athena in AWS, which lets you just do queries on S3 buckets. You've got Hadoop. You've got Hive and all types of big data systems. Got data lakes. log files. And, you know, we're really just going to go crazy in terms of um, structural complexity here. All the different layers and all the different ways that you can represent things. The different design choices that are made. So, we talk about design choices, the choices an artist makes in representation. And there's so many different ways you can do things, so many different compromises you can make. I guess we could talk about going up or down levels of abstraction. Right now i'm just kind of giving an overview of the different terms and ideas different moving parts now all these things also cost money and um, really we want to think about simple functions that we can implement let's say on Know, on a smartphone, something that runs on a website, something that runs on a Raspberry Pi, something that runs on a cheap instance or a bunch of cheap instances in AWS, a free tier. And we should really start with like a free tier understanding. What is the free tier? What can we get for free? And how much can you do with it? So that's going to be like an art form of its own. Like a minimalist design. Free. Free tier design. Like what's the maximum you can make of it? And if everyone signed up for a free tier. And they all work together. We could have like a free tier. Um collective a federated free tier so that's kind of fun but if you just run a Raspberry Pi at home then not only do you have the free tier so to say I mean it costs you money but it's your hardware (sighs) what if we can make it simpler to do that. You know, what if we put that raspberry pie in the chicken coop and use that to heat the chickens while it's doing its job? It's producing all this heat. Well, it's wintertime. Can we heat the chickens with it? Use it as a little heater. That way we can solve two problems with the same with one stone. (coughs) Imagine that. Running a little cable out to the chicken shed, waterproofing the whole thing, having a little glowing light. Imagine a little, ch- little camera to check out check out your chickens. A little feeder and a water waterer as well. Like, what would that cost to? Um, You know, have a greenhouse controller as your Raspberry Pi, but in its spare cycles, it could also be serving other things, doing other things because it's got extra CPU to burn, you know, and what are those computations and um, can we make them more valuable for people? And I guess that's kind of where we get into the tone, the Telegram coin. They want to create some kind of CPU execution. All types of coins want to try and monetize CPU. And that's cool. guess this all gets into design decisions and um, language. So we are going to come touch on this introspect right here for a second and just say, hey, why can't I write my abstractions in C or C++ or, you know, is that expressive enough and then can I go from those abstractions which are memory abstractions to other abstractions like disk can we lift these things up and cannot you know Cannot the the language C be used as your descriptive function, or C++ for that matter? Can't you describe everything? I just said that. And then you get into the questions of, well, how do I iterate over those descriptions? That's where the introspector comes in. But where is the standard? And how messy is it, right? And what's your representation of that model? You know, how beautiful is it? How easy is it to to manipulate? And this is where we get into graph query languages, graph databases, RDF. These are all ways to model these relationships as well. Different languages, Sparkle. And there's equivalencies as well. So So this is kind of what we're going to be thinking about in the next couple of episodes is how do we... How do we understand this whole thing better? What is the model? Is there a model? You know, how can we connect these things together? <coughs> and how can we keep from being Hopelessly low level. How can we raise up these levels? You know, and how do we document these structures? Can we take any structure and transform it to any other structure? How do we do that? Yeah, and these are the problems we've been facing for a long time. A long time, and we've talked about them many times on this podcast. And we tend to get totally lost in this problem. Because maybe there is no solution. Maybe there is no model that we're looking for. Maybe we have to create it. Maybe it won't be found. It will be built. And maybe we've been taking the wrong approach in like mining and digging and trying to polish what's there to lift it up. But are we not actually creating something in that process? Is it not an act of creation of new symbols out of the old by raising up and saying, oh, well, I think that this is this is this. So, okay, guys, this is the end of uh, part one. I've reached the bunker. Let's check our time. It's five two. Pray to the gods. Yes, 49 minutes we're going to save our recording and I will check in with you after I've done my work I think two hours here and then going will walk back welcome to round two we it's uh, 644 I uh, did some cleaning and um, I cleaned off a bookshelf I put all the books that were lying around back into there. And I found some really nice books too. My dad has a, quite the collection. I found some books, old books on World War I. I found an Army Field Manual on survival. Tons and tons of books on building, permaculture, survival, gardening. Lots of good stuff. And make sure the door is locked. No, I definitely locked the door. We just double check. And, um... Yeah, Dad, you have quite the uh, taste in books there. And uh, I really appreciate, you know, when I'm growing up, the whole house was full of books. And I used to read and read and read all the time. And, um, my son, he doesn't read, but he watches YouTubes. Um... Yeah, house is locked. He watches YouTubes all the time and informs himself about all these different things, so. I guess it's not as quite as random as the books. And I guess part of my love of randomness is the randomness of the book collection. Random books from the library that someone was throwing away, I guess he picked up. But these are selected. Yeah, we're gonna set up a uh, podcast studio in there. I don't want to get the uh, wood-burning stove going. It's gonna be amazing. So now we have a 45-minute walk uh, back to the um, back to the house. when the um, guys in pickup trucks with baseball caps and mustaches drive by they don't know exactly what to make of me my safety jacket my boots and my headset microphone and my Princeton no Plainfield Country Club uh, coffee cup that I found in Princeton Today is going to be an interesting day. So, we left off, we were discussing is there a model or is there not a model? Are we building a model or not? Are we finding it? You know, is there a Platonic idea? Right? Are we uncovering an idea that's buried in the mountain of Plato? Or is it something we're just building out of Lego blocks? Out of mud and calling it a a thing? And, um... You know, when we get into... Oh my God, there's no sidewalk here. Thanks. On this bridge, there's no, no sidewalk on the bridge. But luckily, got my safety jacket. So yeah, this is really what we're, we're driving at and what we've been talking about for months and fighting with what is the model of computation, right? I think we came up with something. (coughs) You know, what is the... dust. I try to uh, cover my mouth and not go directly in your ear. I hope that wasn't too loud. Also kind of getting into what is the model of computation like you know do we follow the lambda model do we follow the Turing model they're equivalent but can we really translate between them you see where this is going right is going where I don't want it to go into the tailspin so I think we're going to just take the approach of beauty and aesthetics and right brain and we're going to say If a model is pleasingly portrayed in some simple manner that makes us happy, then it's okay. And if we can reach, if we can reach these simple and pleasing representations and that's kind of what the whole Python thing is you have a model and you can like autocomplete and um, the object-oriented Pythonic model is very pleasing We could do the same thing for C. So <laughs> I think we're going to get to, um, get to some uh, <sighs> we're gonna have to work this out and I'm gonna have to take this off the podcast for now and um, I mean I said we're not gonna talk about it and um, I need to work on it on, on my own some more Yeah, we have to check the uh, updated election, election status. I haven't, I guess maybe something might have happened in the last hour or not. Let's see. Let's see what's up with the election. Boy, this internet is slow. Here we go. Yeah, looks like Alaska is going pink. And uh, Wisconsin is light blue. So it looks like you might get Wisconsin, Minnesota has been called blue, Illinois has been called blue. 238 to 213, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be interesting. yeah <coughs> yeah it's kind of frustrating to deal with these uh models, and um I guess we really want to have software tools for drawing diagrams, and it all seems to be very dirty. details lots of nasty details yeah I don't know what to say we got to get out of this topic we got to get out we got to escape break out of it break the loop stop the endless cycle stop the hammering well it's a beautiful beautiful day and um, the river has these clouds over it I guess they're coming from the factory There's a factory billowing smoke, but the the smoke seems to follow the river. I guess that's because it's the coolest there, and the other stuff might dissipate. So maybe the um, the clouds look like they thin out the smoke. So the only smoke trails that you see are the ones. billowing yeah i'm getting strange looks from the hillbillies here let me tell you they just stare at me like what the hell is this guy doing at 6:44 in the morning in the middle of nowhere in a cornfield talking to himself Now, if I could just find a place to get some fresh coffee, that would be amazing. I guess... And I need to set up a coffee machine in the bunker. That should be my first next step. Coffee grinder, bag of coffee... grinder, bag of coffee, coffee machine, espresso machine, water source, electricity. I suppose I could use a fire. That's like the most basic essential thing in life is coffee. And it seems so ludicrous because you don't need coffee at all. It's completely optional. But it's such a luxury item. What a wonderful drug. To get your mind racing. It's like the one thing you need for a successful co- podcast at four in the morning. is a nice steamy cup of coffee. <sighs> yeah, I'm feeling quite happy with myself now. Because not only did I get my walk and burn off some of that pizza from last night. But I also spend some time fixing up the bunker. And if I do this every day, this thing is going to be amazing. And soon we'll be able to live there. Their own little fireplace. And a view of the stream. And I want to turn it into an Airbnb at some point. Rent it out for honeymoon suite. <clears throat> you know, they're charging for like $200 a night for nice Airbnbs. If you package it right, now, the basement is a mud basement, and I'm thinking about how to deal with that. I'm thinking that I'd like to go down there and shovel and bucket and just dig out the floor because I can't even walk. I mean, I'm six foot two, and I have to bend over just to walk in the basement. If I could sh- dig out the floor, two or three feet and pour concrete down it would be amazing so that'll be step phase two of the project is to um, (sighs) to also fix up the basement and that can be something I can just work on as my physical fitness you know shoveling dirt for a couple hours. I was listening to the Billy Bones on um abs in a six pack. And he's saying how he shovels stones for two hours or hours on the weekend. And how it's horrible work. And imagine having to do that for the dictator. Yeah. I gotta listen to the rest of that podcast. Billy Bones, Abs in a Six Pack. It's a great little podcasting community. I wanted to have Billy come on my podcast and maybe when we get the studio set up, we'll have him on to shoot the shit. I gotta listen to some more of his. He's up in Seattle or Portland. (coughs) So time time zone difference. Four hours, <sighs> yeah. I guess if we just <clears throat> we can talk about software design as a set of components. Oh by the way, these guys love to burn shit in barrels here. There's always a barrel of some shit burning some trash stinking up the place. What does that smell? Look at that fat doggy. Hey, fat doggy. Boy, you are a f- oh, ro-ro fatty doggy. Ooh, that's one little fat dog. I can avoid eating too much today. I don't want to turn into that fat dog. But I guess we could talk about software design, object-oriented software design, you know, structured software design. I don't really know much about functional software design, to be honest. I know I used to read uh, Grady Booch, and I spent like 80 euros, or Deutschmarks, in the 90s, on that leather-bound, object-oriented design book from him. That was a great book. with clouds and for concepts, and he talked about like designing software. <clears throat> it was very cool. Very aesthetically pleasing. And then that went on to become UML. And then we had design patterns analysis patterns pop up Martin Fowler is like the god of that you don't hear much from Booch anymore I guess he has a definite model of things I should read some more of his books They talk about modeling as separate from code, model as an artwork, as a diagram or a thing, different layers to it. Garbage. Gotta love the burning garbage. It really smells like they're burning plastic as well. I mean we went over some of the components of the cloud and gave some rough ideas of how things are put together all these different moving parts one of the major moving parts in the cloud is the uh, permission system and uh, it's horrible They use some kind of constraints constraint solver satisfiability. So that really gets into logic, as does the set theory of relationship relational databases. And um to really get into that whole set theory. What is a SQL database? What's a relational database? Normalized, third normal form, fourth normal form. Well, first of all, it's non-repeating. Elements, removing of repeating elements, refactoring your data, and then joining relationships together, relations together, tuples, joining across keys, foreign keys. <coughs> and at what point does it become overhead? Auto incrementing keys, (coughs) and we just want to have the actual item, And, and then like you could have the name of something, and that could be the key. Now, a foreign key constraint would say, Well, the name has to be in this set. So even if you have a copy of the, of the key, well, and then even if you have a copy of the key as a string, um, then you still have a duplication. So the reason why you want to use identifiers, IDs as numbers, is because they hash better. Ideally, they would be monotone and consistent and index with one, maybe you can get away with an array index. We would have to look at the different algorithms for indexing and try to determine what's faster, what's not. Now, the NoSQL is basically joining a bunch of those tables together with optional elements. And I guess you could have anything you want. You could just have a JSON document. And you can do that with Postgres now as well. You can just put a JSON blob in, and you can also index those blobs. Seems to be all very low level. But there is a set theory behind the um, SQL. Select, insert, update, delete tuples. tables or sets of tuples with fixed or optional attributes, required attributes, and I love studying these database tables, oh my god. That's one joy in life. And the great thing about like the databases is that they use the database to store information about the database so they have like the system tables so it's like a bootstrap system it's pretty cool I guess everything is low level at some point. Everything is just an encoding. It's just a number. The question is how pretty it is, that number, how nicely it's encoded. we have different levels of all of this. Okay. So, if we look back at the podcast from today, we can identify terms, we can map those onto different cloud ideas, cloud functions, or software functions, different programs and documents. We can look up the meanings of all of that. And I could tra- draw connections between them and make a diagram kind of so what are the connectives what are the edges of the graph how are they fitting together so we create a graph structure depends on... These are just parts of a system. (coughs) Really, we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing with this system? Like, what's the purpose of it? Well, a lot of the systems are business systems handling Transactions. Documents. External customers. Orders. Thinking about work now. If you have a database, you know you have a list of tables, like the system tables. Get queries that are running, and processes, and really, it's its own little programming system. And Hadoop. What is it called? Hive and all that. The big data stuff. You're creating descriptions of how to parse text files and process them. Really the question becomes like, what are we, what's the model of what we're actually trying to do? So we can look at brochures and marketing material, look at contracts. I always love reading contracts. It's like programming. And the contracts, they lay out all types of concepts, and definitions love me some definitions. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about My mind is just wandering right now Welcome to the stream of Random Podcast Where your host has no idea what he's talking about He's just rambling Trying to get to the end of this walk And I think I'm going to cut it short now And save you the rest So I hope you have a great day I hope I didn't torture you too much. Time to wake up, get out there, do something with your day. All right. Let's end this thing.